This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We're going to go over week 10 buys. Week 10 sells is the home stretch. Got a yeah. couple of weeks before the playoffs begin. And, you know, this is about that time before the trade deadline's over in your fantasy football leagues. A lot of trade deadlines are over week 11, right? So week 11 might be the last time you're able to trade. So this is the time. This week and next week, the, the last opportunity that most leagues are going to get to make trades to help you win that fantasy championship, make your way to the playoffs, make that playoff push. So let's get it. Let's get right into it, man. Um, yeah. I'm I'm thinking about any sort of news that has come up over the last 24 hours. I don't really that think there's much, much to talk about. No. I mean, besides uh, maybe Odell, uh, where he's going to go. But we could talk forever about where he's going to go. You know, there's really no I knowing. I mean, it doesn't – like we talked we, – yeah, we hit on that a little bit yesterday. We don't really know, like, where he's going to go. Like, there's not really any firm reports about it, you know, in terms of where he might end up. So we'll see. It's a it's yeah. an open ended thing for now, um, and, and by the way, like if you're here live, uh, in the uh, on YouTube, you could throw your trade questions in the comments here, and we're gonna try to get to some of these questions today. Uh, yeah. So you know, just to kind of get some like actionable trade advice, you know, we'll, and we'll kind of hit on those trades as we go. All right, yeah, and um, with, with trades, you know, the trade deadline looming, we talked about, you know, this is how you make the playoff push, but. This is also how you save your season. You know, if you can't, if, if you haven't done well up to this point, if you're on the edge of being a competitor, say you're three, three and six, I think are the records right now, or four and five, you know, this is how you, you, you save your season before you go over the edge. Because once you get that seventh loss, that's kind of it. You know, you have a very low chance of making the playoffs at that point. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you're, if you have a really, really good record, you know, you might want to focus on those long-term moves. If you have a, you know, buying guys like, Hollywood, maybe buying guys like Jamar Chase, maybe obviously those are high risk moves, right? Because like, you know, does Jamar Chase end up on IR, right? Does, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, does does Hollywood come back healthy? Those are high risk moves. And if you have a really good team and you're rolling, you might want to just like chill out, right? And just like keep it going, you know, because those are high risk moves that could definitely win you a championship. No doubt about it. So, but you know, it depends how risk averse, you know, or, or, or pro risk you are right yeah um all right let's get right into it man um let's get into my first buy yeah all right and i'm very passionate about this one okay all right i'm buying amara st brown yep 
<laughs> Again, uh, I, I feel like coming. I've been yeah. talking about Amara St. Brown. Like I, I've been telling you guys to buy Amara St. Brown for maybe a month or more now. And mm-hmm. that's because I still believe in buying Amara St. Brown. You still got it. You still have an opportunity to. And I think it's going to happen big time for Amara St. Brown. Amara St. Brown over the last, you know, month or so, you know, or, uh, you know, over, for the rest of the season. I think Amara is going to be a wide receiver one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, last week, the Lions were in a positive game script, right? Not something they're going to find themselves. Not something they're going to find themselves in very often, right? Amara right. had a thirty-five percent target share this past week. Had a seventy-six percent air yard share this past week. Okay, ten targets, nine targets, no T.J. Hawkinson the rest of the year. A banged up DeAndre Swift the rest of the year. Maybe what happened the last time he was in these circumstances? Like, do you, you remember what happened? Like, it was, it was a crazy finish to the year. Yeah, and on a per route basis, thirty two percent targets target share per route run. There's only one player who has a higher target per route run than him, and that's Tyreek Hill. He's gonna have a monster finish to the year, and there is such a wide open opportunity to buy a rest of season wide receiver one it's not even funny like he yeah. is i in my opinion he is the number one buy at wide receiver i i agree you know everything you just listed off i do think that amara st brown is a buy i'm not exactly sure what his ceiling is going to be you know obviously he looked really good at the end of last season it was similar circumstances like you just said but the offense still isn't that good and, and we know Amon Ross St. Brown is good. And earlier in the season, I was very happy to do that. But he he's getting the targets. The production isn't matching up just yet. So I, I want to see one, I want to see an actual good game before I say he's, you know, the buy of like maybe the rest of the season. Um, Once he has the good game, Zach, you're yeah, not going to be able buy. to buy him. You can't buy. Yes. You got to make these you. predictions before the they happen. Because once yes. they happen... It's not going to. He's not going to be as cheap as he is right now. The tr- the types of start sit questions that I've been getting around Amara St. Brown, the types of questions that lump him with other wide receivers that I'm just like, really, <laughs> start Amara St. Brown. Like yeah, I understand no, the production no wasn't there last week, for example, but last week Jamal Williams had how many carries on the ground? Like they were actually in a positive game script. Like that ain't going to yeah. happen with the Lions with with how bad their defense is. Yeah, the the defense is bad. It looked better against the Packers, but those are the Packers. The thing that kind of concerns me is that Jared Goff looks bad again. You know what I'm saying? He he doesn't look as good as he was even, you know, last season when he's propelling Amon Ross St. Brown to those finishes. And, you know, earlier in the season when he had that big game, you know, the, the Lions offense as a whole has cooled off. It's it's not really that high scoring unit. You know, I think it was like number one in scoring and bottom it was number 32 in defensive scoring allowed so that was like you know fantasy heaven right there for lions players but it's, it's come down to earth pretty bad recently um i'm not a humongous fan of the way that it's looked which is kind of making me a bit leery i know that i'm on right st brown he's a stud yes i think he can be a wide receiver one the rest of the way but I, i'm not sure what his ceiling is going to be especially with the production on offense being the way it was you know they just won a game um with 15 points, and they're the worst defense. I, I don't think that's going to happen a whole lot. I could see them going down. They've had a couple ugly finishes, um, notably against New England and Dallas, but those are two good defenses. I, I think that um, he has it in him. 
but you're much more confident in him recapturing that form that he had last season. I'm not as confident. You can buy him, but I think this is more of a luxury move. This isn't something that you um, are going to make. This isn't a move you're going to make if you're just trying to upgrade from a guy like, say, I don't know, Jerry Judy, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking at these underlying metrics that he has, and it just points to they all correlate to high-end wide receiver one type of numbers, and he's done it before. So that's yeah. that's the reason why I'm like, you know what? This usage is not mass, mash into production here. Let's buy now. Yeah, all right. Well, there's reason to believe. I'm not saying that there's no reason to believe we've seen him do it before. I don't want to come off as, you know, a hater of Amon Ross and Brown. I'm just tempering my expectations. That's all I'm saying. I hear what you're saying, too. I think the ceiling is there. I'm just... Zach's, Zach's hesitation. Zach's hesitation. Yeah, I agree. And and I think Zach's hesitation here tells me that it's going to be pretty easy to buy Amara St. Brown. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say Zach's hesitation here is going to tell me that he's going to have a monster season and just put Zach to shame. <laughs> now that I no, said no, that, no, you know, no, it's no, probably no. going to happen, but we'll no, see. No. I, I, I'm just tempted. You don't have the, the you don't have the opposite Midas touch. That's not that's not what's going on here at all. Mm. I did like, for Amari Cooper in week three, was it? Yeah. <laughs> that's all right that's a small sample size yeah small sample size. small sample we're, we're size there. all right yeah L- let's get into one of your buys next yeah so one of my buys is mike evans and i know it's really easy to be like why would we buy mike evans you know the way the buccaneers offense is looking tom brady you know the way they've looked um this season so far hasn't been encouraging and they just won on the last play in a very low scoring game against the rams and he's still not putting up massive numbers there's a lot of stuff that you miss just by looking at the box score of this game and the way that they've been playing recently. He finished as a wide receiver one just once over the past five weeks. No touchdowns scored in the air since week four when he scored twice against Kansas City. In two seasons with Tom Brady at quarterback, Mike Evans' touchdown percent on receptions is 18.7%, which is ridiculous. That's super high, you know, just touchdown machine type of numbers. And this season so far, it's one third of that. And it's resting at 6.8% right now, which... Makes me think, yes, maybe Tom Brady has come back to earth a little bit, but Tom Brady hasn't been, you know, the whole reason they're losing games. That's a huge difference. And we saw this a couple weeks ago with A.J. Brown. Regression is on the way. That was the case with A.J. Brown. What did he do when we said that, you know, this positive touchdown regression was coming? We actually cited his exact stat, the same stat that I'm citing right now with Mike Evans, his touchdown percent, his career touchdown percentage. And he came out and he scored three touchdowns against the Steelers the week after. I'm not saying it's going to happen maybe that quickly and that on the nose this week, but it's definitely coming because this touchdown percent is way too low for the way that Tom Brady and Mike Evans have played together um, in the past. He's been targeted at least 11 times in each of the past three games too, 37 times total over the past three weeks. So it's not like he's not getting used. It's just like, why isn't he scoring touchdowns? It feels like he hasn't been scoring touchdowns the way he usually does. It's because he isn't. So I think that we're going to see regression, you know, hit him like a truck. Yeah, and he's had pretty good success against the Seahawks in his career. Uh, you know, he he's been, you know, he's played them a couple times and he's killed them. Yeah, <laughs> before so, <laughs> you know, it's not the same players, obviously, but maybe he just you know has an eye of for you know kicking the Seahawks' ass. Uh, so yeah. it could very well happen this week, and we've seen them in bunches to people to to players who, you know, these 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 regressions. Have been happening. Joe Mixon, right? Uh, Justin Jefferson. Uh, who else? Who, who else just had a big, a crazy? Oh, AJ Brown. We talked about right? AJ Brown. Like, yeah, it's been happening. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm with you, man. I, I think, I think he's he's somebody that you could buy. You know, averaging almost 13 targets a game over the last three, like yeah. you said. Uh, so 
That's a Cons- solid buy right there. Consider this too. It's not like we're just saying that, you know, you look at a guy that gets 15 targets, 11 targets, 11 targets in three straight games. You'd think that their price would be super high. You know, he's got to be producing with that, right? No. 18 points, 18 points, 9 points, no touchdowns. That is the perfect way. You know, if people are just looking at the surface level. Of, is he scoring a touchdown or not? Is he hitting 100 yards or not? If they're looking at that, then maybe they'll be like, you know what, Mike Evans isn't performing the way I wanted him to. And before that, he was quiet too. I mean, he hasn't been the most consistent receiver. He's had his blow-up games, but when he doesn't show up, you know, he doesn't show up. Um, it's kind of evened out a little bit more, especially with this target share recently. He opened the season with seven targets, four targets, and then he came back with 10, and then eight, four. And like I said, these last three weeks, 15, 11, 11. Uh, it's a heavy passing attack for Mike Evans and the Buccaneers. I think that he is a screaming guy right now. Let's move on to one of our trade questions here from Avant De Leon. First of all, A-plus name. Even yeah. if you lost this trade, <laughs> uh, 10 out of 10 name. Um, yeah. Avant De Leon. Sounds like a tequila <laughs> a tequila brand. Um, yeah, so this trade already happened. Okay, mm-hmm. Tua, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Swift, for Lamar Jackson, Alvin Kamara, and Chris Olave. The question is, who won the trade? So that's Tua, Tyreek Hill, and DeAndre Swift for Lamar Jackson, Alvin Kamara, and Chris Olave. Hmm. That's a, that's a really close one for me. I don't know. It, it, it's close, you know, yeah. and I think Tyreek Hill is obviously, you know, he's probably the best player in this trade, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, both teams can win depending on what they need. Like, for example, like if the person trading away Hill had – you know, a couple studs at running back. Let's say they had like, you know, Saquon and, you know, Travis Etienne, right? Yeah. And, you know, trading away, you know, Hill and uh, I'm sorry, you know, getting trading away Kamara isn't the worst thing in the world, right? However, if I'm just going for like, you know, apples and apples here, yeah, I might prefer the Kamara and Olave side, uh, you know, if I needed a running back, right? And Olave, I think, is a solid wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. I I'm a I'm a guy who likes to always have the best player in a in a in a deal, right? Like I like to get the best player in a deal. So if I'm looking to upgrade, basically trading away Kamara and Olave for Hill, I would do that. I would do that. However, Alvin Kamara is a high end RB one right now. If you're looking to potentially, you know, lessen the risk surrounding Alvin Kamara, we talked about it. We don't think there's that much risk rest of the season. Because yeah. that video didn't look that great. Um, so and we have no idea like what happened in that video. But mm-hmm. who are you leaning with here? I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards the other side. And this what, is what side is that? Tua, Hill, and Swift, the winner. That's me. Because I when I take it, I go position for position and I just look at the like how they stack up to each other, you know, Tua versus Lamar, Kamara versus Swift, and then Hill versus Olave. Hill versus Olave is a humongous um, that's the easiest one right there. Hill is the number one wide receiver right now in fantasy football. And he's going to continue to do his thing. There's yes. no doubt in my mind he's going to be – he has the highest ceiling and the highest floor at this point in time, even over Cooper Cup right now um, in fantasy football right now. So Tyreek Hill, very nice. I, I think he wins that. Swift versus Kamara, it's a little bit – it leans towards Kamara for me. You know, Kamara has been a, a, a better – A little bit? Just yeah. a little bit. Okay, so if really? we're talking rest of the season, yeah. it, it could be closer than you think if Swift can get right. I think that they can produce, you know, relatively similarly. But right now, Kamara is a much safer asset than Swift. So in that case, yes, Kamara wins. Um, I would argue, I would argue that the delta between Alvin Kamara and DeAndre Swift is higher than the delta between Tyreek Hill and Chris Olave. Yeah, I mean, it could be. 
Yeah, uh, Kamara is much better at this point. Yeah, DeAndre Swift is not going to be right for the rest of the year. Yeah, he's a much better fantasy asset right now. Um, So Kamara wins that part for me. But then I look at the quarterbacks. And the way Lamar's been playing, I want to say Lamar, but he hasn't been producing very well. Yeah. So it's like this is almost it's that's almost even, right? That's almost a wash. Yeah, it has to be a wash because we know what we know what Lamar's ceiling is. And that's what makes it so tough. Because it's yeah. always going to stick in the back of your mind when you're dealing with Lamar. It's like, okay, we know he can put up 40 points any week. He just has mm-hmm. to have that game. Tua, his his ceiling is very high, but his floor is also um a lot lower, I think, than Lamar's just because he doesn't have the rushing upside. So I think that's a wash. It's a very even trade for me in a vacuum. You know, this is pretty, pretty even. If I had to, if if I had to pick though, just my gut feeling, I'd, I'd take the Tua Hill stack. That's just me. I think the 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 Tua Hill stack has a higher ceiling overall. Oh yeah, yeah. I would say that. I like it. That's a good one. Now, Hernandez is asking. I'm sorry, Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> Dude, um, I'm so sorry, Aaron Henderson. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Like this is a, this is a football show. My bad, dude. It doesn't. It's I, I, funny because you know, at a glance, profile picture. Because it's you know. funny. I don't know if Aaron found it funny though. Aaron, no. can you let me know in the comments if that was funny? I don't think. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you found it funny. That's just me though. My bad. Uh, would you would you trade away uh, Leonard Fournette for Amara St. Brown easily? This is like no question. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. It, 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 these are the types of questions that we're gonna get around Amara St. Brown. That's why we're buying Amara St. Brown because you don't have yeah. to spend that much to get him. Right, I'm around saying I mean, Fournette, someone I'm looking to sell. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Aaron Aaron Henderson in the chat said, "I get that a lot." LOL. Uh, oh, I hope <laughs> not, man. I hope that's not true. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So like, um, yeah, like I'm buying Amaraz, dude, and Fournette. You know, it's uh, he's on shaky ground. He's not a fantasy asset that I'm looking to keep buy. You know, I'm looking to get rid of him if I can. So yeah, this is an easy one for me. Yeah, I figured this that one would be pretty easy for you because you're both <laughs> you are an Amon Ra truther, but you're also a Leonard Fournette hater. So I knew that would happen. I am not a Leonard Fournette hater. Oh, I'm you're hating you're how Fournette he's been used. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, hello. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Hold on a second. Okay, I have Leonard Fournette on, on a lot of teams. Well, not anymore because I traded him away. But right. I drafted him on in a lot of teams. I, I was into him this year. I'm so into use. I, I can't. I can't <laughs> sing. But I was into Fournette coming into the year, but. As the season went on, did not like what I've seen. So I'm, I'm moving on from him for sure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Let's move into another one of my buys. And that's Damian Pierce. Oh, here we go. 
over the last three games, Damian Pierce put up modest numbers. He's averaging only 14.6 PPR fantasy points per game. That's in fantasy points per game over the last three games. And his usage, though, reflects a running back who is being used at a much better rate than what his fantasy finishes have suggested. So he wasn't targeted this past week at all. But the four weeks prior, six targets, five targets, four targets, five targets. And his role, he didn't have the two-minute offense before that, before these past two weeks. And his role just dramatically changed over the last two weeks, and he got that two-minute offense. He got the two-minute role which is going to be huge for a team who stinks, who is going to be down in a lot of games, right? They were they were in that Philly game, okay? But that's not going to happen that often, okay? That was a trap game for Philly, but they Philly ended up coming out on top, but late in that game. Um, last two weeks, approaching 80% of snaps, running around on nearly 60% of dropbacks. Um, so he's in line to get a lot more volume in the pass game moving forward. Uh, the Texans are going to continue to lose games. So he's someone who I think you can buy running back. And I think he's not necessarily considered an RB1, a low-end RB1. I'm viewing him as a low-end RB1 right now. And I think he's being considered as an RB2, like a every week RB2 that you start, maybe a high-end RB2. But I think there's a little bit of arbitrage there when it comes to Damian Pierce because over the last three weeks, if you're only averaging 14.6 PPR fantasy points per game, that's, yeah. not, a, that's, not, an RB, that's not an RB1, right? That's somebody who you know, you can start every week. That's Miles Sanders numbers right there, right? But yeah. you wouldn't consider Miles Sanders an RB1. No. Um, so it's one of those things where, like, his role is a lot more valuable than what he's been outputting over the last couple of weeks. So if you're looking for one of those high-end running backs, he's somebody that I'm looking to buy. Yeah, so he's like a sports car and used car a lot, I think. For me, that's the way I kind of look at him because, you know, <laughs> he is great. You know, we look oh, at that him. meme, right? It, it's that meme that you keep seeing. Yeah. That, like, like I don't know what kind of car it is, but it's like a banging like Rolls Royce or something. Yeah. Like in this like like dope house, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. I've seen that one, but I'm just saying that's what he is. You watch him run. Oh, my God. He just looks like so explosive. It's like, how does this guy not have more touchdowns? And then you look, it's like, Oh, yeah, this used car lot that he's stuck on, it's the Houston Texans. That's the way it's going to be. So that's my problem with him. So he has earned himself a spot in my rankings, you know, in between RB2 and RB1. He's like RB1 and a half. Like there's – you have guys like Dalvin Cook. He's been producing, but he's been, he's been a little underproducing. I consider him as an RB1. He's not yeah. Miles Sanders, who is an RB2. But unless the touchdowns come, you know, it's like he's, he's going to put up 100 yards on the ground pretty easily every week the way that they're using him. So he has a super nice floor, but he's really just stuck in this spot. I said, I'm calling him. He's my new RB one and a half. That's why I <laughs> so I like he, he's fine. Uh, he's going to be fine. And like I said, I've talked about this last week when I said to sell Damian Pierce and you said that you were buying Damian Pierce, still buying Damian Pierce. It's the touchdown upside that he lacks. That makes me say he's not going to have the ceiling of other guys, but he's also not going to be as volatile as a guy like Miles Sanders. Yeah. I think those touchdowns will come. I think they've like, he'll, he'll own like, 65% of their touchdowns <laughs> at the end of the year. <laughs> That's the way That's it should of, be with, yeah. with the guys that are on that offense at this point. You know, Davis Mills, he should be, he should start throwing touchdowns to Damian. If, if Davis Mills starts throwing touchdowns to Damian Pierce, I'll move him up in the RB1. But right now, RB1 and a half. RB1 and a half. I love it. All right. Let's move on to one of your cells. Go for it. All right. So one of my cells, and this one might be a bit controversial, just like my cell last week of Damian Pierce. This week, I'm selling Tony Pollard. And that might seem a little weird. You're not going to be able to move him individually. So I'm not saying that you're going to go offer, you know, Tony Pollard for a guy like Damian Pierce. It's not going to happen. You're not going to get that type of thing. Um, 
But, and we're going to go back to our conversation we had last week's episode too. He's a fantastic side piece in the trade offer. After his big game against Chicago, he was on by. So, you know, nothing really happened to his value. But Elliott is supposed, Ezekiel Elliott is supposed to be back versus Green Bay. Now, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. You know, he's returning to practice this week. I think he's supposed to practice today. So we'll get reports and see how he's looking there. But he's supposed to be back. And if he does come back, he said he's going to be in a brace. He could be limited a little bit more. So that could leave the door open for Tony Pollard to kind of dominate this backfield a little bit more than he usually does. Leverage that uncertainty with what's going to happen to sell Pollard. Because with a 33-point performance, you know, in the rear view now, and that's the last performance they had, the stock is really way up. You know, and if Zeke... As soon as he comes back and is healthy, he's going to start getting those those money touches again. And Tony Pollard is going to go back to handcuff value. He's also yet to receive more than 16 opportunities in a game, Tony Pollard is. And we talked about that a little bit last week. The passing attack in Dallas is also heating up with Dak Prescott back. So I would take advantage of his value where it's sitting right now and you know move him for a more secure asset um, player for you the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And, you know, and this goes back to what we talked about, right? Like the coaches even came out, his offensive coordinator even came out and said that, you know, he's not an every down back, basically. Yeah. Like he's going to max out at, you know, a certain number of snaps per game, which is not I what act- you want to hear. Yeah, I actually saw a report after the podcast. I actually came out and defended Tony Pollard. It was like, you know, he'll be fine. He just has to keep getting that work, you know. But I read the reports afterwards. The exact words, I think, of the running back coach was that he was gassed. And he was out of he was like out of gas and he was tired that he right. couldn't keep going. So maybe it, I, I didn't think that would be a problem for an NFL player after yeah. just 14, 15 touches. But if that's the case, then, yeah, maybe it's time you know to sell Tony Pollard. I, I was a little bit more I was a little taken aback by that report because I thought yeah. it was just a usage thing. That's how they were going to use him. But if it was actually, you know, him being fatigued, that could be an issue. It can be. It can be for sure. Billy 80 is asking, uh, what could I get for Pollard and Pittman Sutton? So if you combine Pollard and Pittman or Pollard and Sutton, can you get a wide receiver one? I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so. Now, can you throw an offer for Amara St. Brown? Yeah, sure. Like, go for it. See what you can get. Um, but I, I don't think you'll be able to get a a, a, a solid RB2. Like, maybe you can get Miles Sanders, right? Someone in that range. You might be able to get someone like that. Because right now, Pittman and Sutton, they're really hard to sell, right? You yeah. can buy these guys pretty easily if you wanted to, but you can't really sell them like like that. But Miles Sanders might be a luxury running back that some teams have as their RB3, yeah. right? Uh, you might be able to buy someone like that. Um, you might be able to buy, like, are there any other? It, it looks like he they're look, he's looking for a wide receiver, right? Yeah. Right? So receivers in, in that, you know, wide receiver two-ish tier, that you can potentially buy with these two guys. Yeah. So for me, I'm looking at it. If you want to talk about a running back you could buy, I thought about while you're talking about it was if you want to shoot for upside, I'd do a heat check and see what you could, if you can get DeAndre Swift, maybe just because mm. once he's healthy, that could work. You know, he's been letting fantasy managers down for a few weeks, and we're not sure what the outlook is for these next few weeks coming up. But once he's healthy, I think he's going to look good and much better than what Pollard or Pittman's going combined is going to do for you. So I, I think that you could maybe shoot for Swift, do a heat check, see what they're thinking. If it's worse, if they want less, great. If they want more, I'd maybe, you know, just lay off. But that that kind of deal for me, if if that was on the table, I would take it. And then for a receiver, I think with, you know, Pittman, Sutton, and Pollard, I'd target a guy like DK Metcalf, maybe. You know, he he's not producing 
in a huge way right now, but the offense is still very good in Seattle. They're going to be able to score plenty of points. And he, I think might he be a little tough touchdown. to do. Sorry, what's that? That might be a little tough to do. That might, be, might be a little be. tough to do. It might be. You know? Um, you'll hear about me. What about, talk, sorry, what about a guy about like Pittman. Chris Olave maybe? You know, like he's not as valuable as DK. Maybe you can – I would aim high. Like I feel like that might be undoable also. Not really mm-hmm. doable. Uh, T. Higgins maybe. Uh, a wide receiver that you can get for these guys, Alan Lazard, Brandon Ayuk. Um, what about Gabe Davis? Would you sell Pollard and Pittman slash Sutton for Gabe Davis? I don't know. You know, I, I don't think I would because this is what happens. I think Pittman is Davis without the upside. You know what I'm saying? Mm, but yeah, the floor yeah. is valuable enough with Pittman, I think. And right. I, like I said, I'm going to talk about him. In a couple minutes. Why don't you just go for it, dude? You we we mentioned Pittman a couple times here. Just go for it. All right. So the, another guy I'm buying, you know, with Pittman, and I was talking about, you know, I think Pittman is Gabe Davis without the upside, but at this point, the floor is much better than Gabe Davis. I'm buying Michael Pittman this week. Um, the Colts offense, if you've been watching, it has hit rock bottom officially, you know, and the only way left to go with nine weeks left in the season is up. That's all the way they can go. Otherwise, it's going to be more of the same. We've seen the head coaching changes across the league, you know, especially in Carolina. It revived the fantasy value of DJ Moore. I think it could do the same thing, maybe for Michael Pittman. Obviously, it was an it's an interesting hire that the Colts brought in, but you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Even with dismal production, Pittman is still comfortably in the lead of Colts pass catchers with target share. He's at 22% last week. He had 39%, I think, share the week before. Uh, So things are looking good. It's not like anybody's creeping up on him, breathing down his neck and taking his targets away. There's a better chance that Matt Ryan can come off the bench and add some juice than not, I think. Because at this point, the Sam Ellinger experiment is over. We've seen what we need to see. You know, it doesn't look like he's the guy. I think the Colts are going to end up, you know, targeting quarterback in next year's draft. Um, I, I think that's going to be the way it's going to be. But with nine weeks left to play, like I said, the only way to go is up. And Michael Pittman's still getting the targets. He hasn't completely sold you out. You know, he's still catching a few passes each game and doing what he needs to do. If Matt Ryan comes back, I like him to kind of return to wide receiver two relevance. I think he could do that. If he's not a low-end wide receiver two, I think he'll he'll find a nice little home as a mid-wide receiver two if Matt Ryan comes back. So I, I'm buying Michael Pittman. His price is so low right now because the offense just has not been good. That's really what it comes down to. You know, sometimes you got to kick, kick the tires on guys who are just like have no value that people have no they don't want anything to do with them. Yeah. However, when they're in a situation where you know they're going to be the target leader and they're good players and they're good talents, you know, you might want to just buy them, right? Michael Payton was doing his thing this year. He's lead, he was leading them in targets the week before with Sam Ellinger. He had 40% target share. They're going up against the pass last week. You know, it's the worst possible young quarterback so you know it's one of those situations to buy and i have a feeling that matt ryan's going to be back if ellinger can't get it done i have a feeling it's going to happen i said i i I don't think they just let him like struggle and the offense just completely like lose it over the last like they still have like seven games left on the season eight games left on the season so i I wouldn't expect that to happen yeah it's too long an amount of time for them to just let ellinger flop around out there on the field you know what i'm saying i think that Ellinger, if he's still out there, it's gonna it's gonna kind of be edging on um, tanking territory for me because they'll know that maybe they're just trying to cover up their tank as like, oh, we want to see what we have in Sam Ellinger, and we'll let him fail for eight weeks in a row, and that'll give us a bad record, and we'll go draft somebody else. Maybe I, that might be a little collusion right there, but I, I won't speculate. Just, <laughs> just something to consider. Joshua Sanders is asking uh, Gabe Davis and Terrace Marshall for DK. Would that work? 
I doubt that will work, but you yeah. can try it. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> think try that's going it. to work. I, I'm are very attracted to Gabe Davis's ceiling, and with Josh Allen's arm issues right now, I, it's going to be tough to sell Gabe Davis. Yeah, um, and also with Terrace Marshall, yes, he's looked good for the past two weeks, but those are the only two good weeks he has in his career at this point. So it's yeah, yeah, that's recency bias. If that trade goes through, let me know. You know, message me on Upper Hand Fantasy because I don't th- on Upper Hand Zach because I, I I I'd love to know if that goes through. I don't think it's going to though. Alan in the comments here is asking, how would you package Jonathan Taylor in a deal to upgrade at tight end? And I currently have Pitts. So here's how I would look at it. There's only one type of team that you can make this deal with, and that's a team who has two good tight ends. Like yeah. that's it. Like if you're looking to upgrade at tight end. You need a tight end back. That means that you can only grab a tight end from a team who has two good tight ends. Like, look at teams who have a, a good tight end. Look at a team who has a good tight end plus, I don't know, um, Dalton Schultz, right? A good mm-hmm. tight end plus um, Gerald Everett. The, I, Gerald I just said Everett Gerald Everett. Um, oh, sorry. I said I uh, yeah. Dulcich. Dulcich, maybe. Like, you know, people might be okay with him. There's only a few a handful of teams that are gonna have two two tight ends, and no one's really gonna say like, okay, give me JT, and I'll and I'll I'm fine with Pitts as my rest of season tight end, right? Like most teams are not gonna want to do that because most people realize how valuable um, the tight end position is, right? Yeah. Um, Elias is just just said Frymuth, right? Frymuth is is another one. Maybe you have a good tight end and Frymuth, right? And then you can target one of those guys. So. There might be only like two or three teams at most who have a couple tight ends on your roster that's going to be an upgrade over Pitts. I would try to grab their the not so and I want to you know go for the premium tight end that they have, but you go for their second tight end, and then you can add JT in there, get that second tight end, and then maybe get an RB two back. That's kind of how you could probably do that. Maybe Damian Pierce, right? Damian Pierce plus Fryermuth for JT and Pitts. I wouldn't make that deal. Uh, yeah. But let's say Miles Sanders, maybe something like that. Miles Sanders plus a pretty good, pretty damn good tight end for JT and Pitts. Some, and I use Miles Sanders as like the, 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 the staple running back too. Yeah. You know, who like no one <laughs> wants. Um, that's kind of how I, I'm, I'm looking at it. So that's how I would approach it. You know, when you approach it that way, the world becomes a lot smaller and you can kind of focus on the players that, on, that these teams have. And yeah. you'll realize pretty quickly that oh, maybe only one or two teams want actually will make a deal with you mm-hmm. for JT and Pitts. Not, not not many people want JT. Some people are willing to buy him. Low. He isn't too attractive right now, especially because we don't even know if he's going to play this week. Yeah, and the, the ceiling, the ceiling to upgrade to you know a tight end right now. Whoever has Travis Kelsey and whoever has Mark Andrews, they're not going to move off of them. You know, they have their tight ends. They're not going to move them. They're the immovable objects at tight end. I think that your movable range comes in at, you know, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz. That's like the if ceiling. That, you're like, gonna, if yeah, I if had that. those guys, I'm not moving them either. Well, yeah. You know, especially for JT or Pitts. You yeah, know, that's just... what I'm saying. So it's like you're not going to be able to upgrade that much. You know, I'm not sure what he's what this guy in particular is valuing JT at. I don't value him that high. I don't think that he's you have I mean, to value I, him as like an RB2. Yeah, right now because his trade value, his value week to week is still RB one. You know, in terms of his production value, but as a trade value, you know, it's not going to be anything that high. I don't think that in this situation, 
there are going to be any suitors for you that are going to give you what you want. That's just me. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jacob, another question here. Do I trade Damian Pierce and Juju for Amon Ra and Kittle? Well, Jacob, that segments really nicely into one of my cells. And we'll, we'll get back to your question. And we'll talk about it afterwards. Okay, yeah. Jacob, I promise I won't, I won't forget. Um, actually, you know what? I'll keep it pinned Leave here it so up. I don't forget. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about Juju. I'm selling Juju. And I've been All talking right. about buying Juju. Early on in the year, multiple sh- on multiple shows like this one. I think he's been on the buy show maybe two or three times already early on in the year. And I'm glad that worked out. Uh, yeah. But now I think it's time to sell, right? Like you buy assets that are cheap. And when you think that the value is at a peak, you sell, right? And that's what I'm doing here. Since week six, and that's three games for him, he's the wide receiver six overall in fantasy points per game. And do you guys believe that? that's elevated or do you think that's about right i i would assume that most people think that that's a little production you know it's not really matching his underlying usage early on it, it wasn't matching his early his usage early on in the year right and right it caught up big time over the last three games and now you look at his underlying usage and yes he had this 12 target week this past game uh and that's a great number to see on the game log but patrick Mahomes threw the ball 68 times and Juju's target share over his last three games is 17%. That's 50th among wide receivers over the last four weeks. 50th, 5-0, okay? Yeah. Last week, 18%, 22% target share, 12% target share. Those are the last three games. And those are the three games that he did good in, okay? So and you look at his air yard share. He's not being targeted down the field. 19% of air yards from Patrick Mahomes over the last four weeks. So I, I think Juju is likely to be productive, the rest of the season relatively, but you can take advantage of this extremely elevated value right now. Um, can you get Damian Pierce for Juju? You get Ramondre Stevenson for Juju plus a little bit more, maybe possibly. Um, can you get Amara straight up for Juju? Maybe. I, yeah. I didn't even mention Kadarius Tony joining this offense, right? Like he has a chance That's of earning some say, target yeah. share because he has done it in the past when he's on the field and, you know, that's just a cherry on top when it comes to this argument personally. But even without Kadarius Tony in this equation, I think I still think that Juju is a sell. And when you add him into the equation, okay, like, you know, I think it's a pretty good time to sell Juju right now because Kadarius Tony didn't see much of the field this past week. And he's going to start getting integrated into the offense. Yeah, he's absolutely going to be starting to get integrated in the offense. And that's one of the biggest things for me that's saying sell Juju Smith-Schuster. I agree because... Does anybody think that this production is sustainable in an offense? You know, obviously Patrick Mahomes, 
he's Patrick Mahomes. So he's going to be able to do whatever he needs to do. Uh, The guys are going to randomly show up, you know, and have high output games or stretches of games where they do this. But you have now Kadarius Tony. Obviously, Travis Kelsey's there, and he's going to produce every week. He's going to get his targets. You have Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You have Jerick McKinnon out of the backfield. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of the backfield. And that's running backs. And then McCole Hardman suddenly is coming on out of nowhere and doing his thing. You know, obviously, we it's going to be hard to sell him. You know, I'd say that he's a sell too. The way he's been producing is it's been, you know, unsustainable. Um, so Very, if you're talking about yeah. selling, if you're talking about selling two chief receivers, you could do that. But there are so many weapons in this offense now, you know, Juju, even though he is looking more like the Juju that we came to know and love when he first started out in Pittsburgh, you know, he was actually doing his thing. Um, even though he's looking better, I think that this is going to come back down to earth a little bit. He's going to have some more quiet weeks um, moving forward. He still has the upside just because of the offense. You know, this is a high-scoring, high-powered offense. It's Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback. Anybody, anybody's liable to have a big week any week. But you're not going to be able to value him that high after a couple games. I think in these next few games, he could, if he has a game or two that's quiet, it's not his value isn't going to come anywhere close. He's had three straight 20-plus performance point games, right? Is that, is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, PPR. That's what it was. So, yeah, he, he is he, he's a sell. So when you go back to this question from Jacob, do I trade Damian Pierce and Juju for Amon Ra and Kittle? Uh, I'm okay with this. Now, if you need a tight end, like I understand this trade here, and I love Amon Ra St. Brown, and, you know, trading Damian Pierce. I think Damian Pierce is an RB1. I think Amon Ra is going to be a wide receiver one as well. So those two are very close for me with mm-hmm. Amara getting the edge, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, and Juju and Kittle, you know, I can see that being somewhat a somewhat fair trade as well. As long as Kittle can stay healthy, you know, he yeah. can continue to do his thing. It's going to be a good offense. They're going to have more red zone opportunities. I'm okay with this. If you if you don't have a tight end, I'm okay with this deal. Yeah. And, and I know Kittle's been banged up a little bit, but don't let, you know, injuries with Kittle, you know, especially the short week-to-week injuries that he's kind of been dealing with, um, don't let that scare you. You know, in this trade, I think that Kittle is still Kittle. He is going to be a high end tight end for you at this point, because though, like I said, I say this every week, the tight end landscape is just barren. So he has the upside. We've seen it from him to be able to be a high end tight end one. Um, I, I think that trade's fair. You could do that. Jason's asking, do I trade Stefan Diggs for Damian Pierce and Amara St. Brown? Now, if you need a running back, I can see this, but I'm not trading Diggs. Now, this whole Josh Allen fiasco. Yeah. Right with I was the arm. Just about to bring that up. Do you want to reduce your risk? Mm-hmm. So if you want to reduce your risk here, Zach, are you pulling the trigger on this one? So okay, I'm looking at both ends of this deal. It looks like okay, I'm moving on from Diggs for Pierce and Amon Ross St. Brown. And the way that you've talked about Amon Ross St. Brown for us, you're gonna have an, a wide receiver one in Amon Ross St. Brown. Sure. Diggs looks he is a wide he's a high end wide receiver one. Where I'm on Russell Brown, I think that even the way you've been talking about him, it sounds like he's going to be a high end wide receiver one. But I, 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 think, I that, think he he has that in his his range of outcomes, range of outcomes for sure. Yeah, I think that more likely to happen is just wide receiver one is a solid wide receiver one, which is you know still plenty good. Um, that's well, the let's only say thing. Jason desperately needs a running back. Let's say yeah, he, he doesn't have a, you know a good running back and he desperately needs one. Like this yeah. might be a good deal. Yeah. So if he needs a running back, yes. I would say you pull the trigger on this, but I am saying there's risk with Diggs right now because of Josh Allen. But at the same time, there's risk with Amon Ross St. Brown because he hasn't put it together yet this season for me, I don't think. Yeah, I get it. Let's see. Um, Looking at a couple other trade questions here. Elias is asking, do I trade Josh Allen for A.J. Brown? 
I have Justin Fields on my bench. Well, Elias, that is a great transition because one of my cells is Curtis Samuel. And I'm I'm moving Curtis Samuel if I can, right? And, and while I can. He, he's been solid all year long, and that is going to help him with his trade value. Double-digit fantasy points in four of his last five games. Just had this boom game this past week and a great matchup out of the slot against Minnesota. And when you look at what, what he's done with Taylor Heineke under center, he's averaging only five targets a game. And that's without yeah. Jahan Dotson. What if he comes back? What if he earns some targets? A lot of the early season allure with Curtis Samuel was that he was very consistent, right? Especially in PPR leagues. Uh, he was getting close to double-digit targets a game, especially early on in the year with Carson Wentz. That hasn't been the case lately. So I think we still have a sell window here, and I think it's going to close shut pretty soon. Um, he, I, like, just like in this deal, he's not, but I think he's the perfect add-on in a deal to upgrade at running back a wide receiver, just like this deal. Elias, did you read my notes before this podcast? I think you did. Um, <laughs> so, like, you know, if I'm if I'm looking to get, like, I don't know, Curtis Samuel and Miles Sanders for Damian Pierce, maybe Curtis Samuel and Fournette, for like a Damian Pierce or a Ramondre Stevenson, something like that, I would do that deal. And this deal right here, Josh Allen and Curtis Samuel for A.J. Brown, if you have fields, I'm actually okay with this. Yeah, so this kind of harkens back to the conversation we had last week about where are we putting Justin Fields and would you trade them? And you know, we talked about we wouldn't put him over the top guys, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and um, I forget who the other guy was that we talked about. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm missing somebody. But, you know, we talked about this last week. Uh, this is kind of the move. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, yeah. This is kind of the move that we, I, for me, this is a move that if, if you have Justin Fields and you didn't draft him to be your QB1 and now suddenly he can be a QB1 for you, Josh Allen has that elbow thing going on now. You know, I, I would move I, I would move for this because this could be the put you over the top trade. You know, if you have Curtis Samuel at wide receiver, you could slot in A.J. Brown and still have Fields at quarterback after this trade. I think this is yeah. a huge power shift in your league at this point because you now have fields coming up you know he's healthy you know he's looking a lot better josh allen yes he's good he's been a little bit more turnover prone you know these past two weeks on top of his injury going on right now we don't know what that's going to look like so i would maybe you know i wouldn't have thought i'd ever say this if this question was posed to me you know before the season started but i, I might be smashing the trade button on this one you know I, i'm good even, with that even before the elbow injury to be honest with you if he didn't have the elbow injury yeah, going on, I, I would definitely think twice for sure. You yeah, know? but that makes uh, but at this that point, makes it easy. Yeah, the elbow it injury. makes it easier definitely, um, especially since he has Justin Fields too on the bench yeah. with the high upside. That's the thing. Nobody final sell of the episode. Yeah, sorry. One more thing before we go. Nobody oh, yeah. drafted. Nobody drafted Justin Fields to be their QB one. They drafted him for the potential that he has, and has come through. So now you have two quarterbacks probably on your team that you can work with, make a decision with. And Justin Fields is so good, you know, at this point that nine times out of 10, the other quarterback you have on your roster is movable. And in this situation, Josh, Josh Allen can be moved. That's just what I was going to say. Yep. But yeah, going in my last cell, and this one for me is pretty easy. It's it's Jeff Wilson. You know, and I talked about selling Raheem Mostert last week. You know, Dolphins running backs seem to be doing it. The cell window closes on one Dolphins running back, Raheem Mostert, and it opens on another, which is Jeff Wilson. He had effectively zero value. Just keep this in mind. Effectively zero value after Christian McCaffrey got traded to San Fran. Right? Not only the fancy guys gifted you a selling point with Wilson because he's on a new team, but he also put up a strong first effort in Miami. 
Tyreek Hill and Jalen Wall, they're setting records in the passing game. This is still a pass first, pass first offense. The backfield is not going to be strong enough to have, you know, an RB1, uh, a true RB1 producer. The high end, I think, for your production, Avraham Mostert or Jeff Wilson is going to be mid-wide, not wide receiver, mid-RB2, maybe high-end RB2 certain weeks. But this is pass-first offense. The receivers are going to be doing the work. The backfield last week was perfectly split. Wilson had nine carries, three targets. Mostert had nine carries, two targets. And even though Wilson looked really good and better than Raheem Mostert last week, doesn't mean that's going to be the case next week. And I don't think either of them are going to be clearly used over the other because of their familiarity with McDaniel. You know, I don't think McDaniel's going to do that. He'll be like, all right, we're not going to use Raheem Mostert because Jeff Wilson's looking a little bit better. You know, he, he I think they're all friends there. <laughs> you know, he's not going to throw them out of a job. I, I don't think that it's going to be ever, you know, leaning one way heavily or the other at this point the rest of the season because the focus is going to be on the passing game for the Dolphins. The running backs are going to be complementary to that. If they score a touchdown, good for them, but I think that's where their ceiling rests. I'm selling Jeff Wilson while you have the chance because, like I said, when you look at his value now, it's at least some, where before it was zero. If you didn't get rid of Jeff Wilson when he was traded, you know, you you got a little bit more value out of him um, by letting him sit on your roster for a week or two. I don't have anything to argue with about. I, I think I think I think that's that, that makes sense. It's possible that some people think that, you know, he's going to completely take over, maybe get 70% of the work, and maybe not. No. You know, maybe they just fix the 50-50 and Raheem Mostert stays healthy all year too. Right. It, it's going so, to be 50-50. That that yeah. is oh one of, he's going to that's be that's one oh. of my like mail it in, you know, it's <laughs> going to be 50-50. There's not going to be any clear RB1 in this backfield. They're gonna be splitting it the whole way. Mukshaf Tahir is asking, trade Dalvin Cook, Mooney, and Pickens for Waddle. It's a lot. That's a little too much for me. It's a lot. That's a yeah. lot for Waddle. I'll say this, though. I don't value Mooney and Pickens a whole lot. Okay? Right. So if you are if you have a luxury at the running back position and you're trying to you know, just basically do a swap running back for wide receiver, why not just do Dalvin Cook for – oh, this is Waddle. Why did I see Amara? Am I just seeing things because I want to see what I want to see? Um, this episode oh yeah, making, has been I'm, about Amara. I'm, I'm making this deal. <laughs> I'm making this deal for, for for Waddle. Like if you're just if if you have a plethora of running backs, let's say Dalvin Cook is one of your three running backs, and you know two of them are great. All right, you're gonna have two left over one ish type of running backs. Yeah, I'm okay with this deal to to get Waddle because Mooney and Pickens, like who cares if you're getting Waddle back. And yeah. I look at this more like a kind of a one for one with Mooney and Pickens as like easy throw-ins. Yeah. If you if you need to win, you know, then maybe I go with that. I trade. need to win. We and all need to win. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But like I'm just saying, <laughs> if you need a win, like you're desperate. The thing about me for me is, you know, Mooney could do better with Justin Fields playing the way he is. The offense has looked a lot better. And we haven't seen George Pickens yet with Claypool off the team. So he could end up, you know, doing a little bit better than he has been doing. And Dalvin Cook, he's he's an RB one, so that's that's why I'm just pumping the brakes a little bit on that one. Waddle is very good, but the number one guy, you know, at the higher floor, is uh, Tyreek Hill in Miami. And Jalen Waddle has kind of been the high ceiling guy. You know, he's making money on the touchdowns. Hill is making money on the receiving yards. Um, I, I, you could do that if you need to win, but I, I would pump the brakes just a little bit. I know you're just like sending it, but I, I, I'm pumping the brakes. Do it. Just just do it. Just do it. Aaron Henderson, again, is asking, do I trade away Kyler Murray for Justin Fields? This is tough. Well, one for one. One for one? I feel like it's yes for me. Aaron? I, I think so. 
Zach says yes. I, I say yes, but this is this is my reasoning. Kyler Murray has been consistently solid. Justin Fields has the potential to be excellent, you know, for fantasy football. Like solid and excellent. You know, if you want to talk about winning weeks for you, Justin Fields, I think it's a better chance to do that than Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray hasn't looked like he did the past two seasons. He's still a QB1. Like, don't get me wrong. He's producing very well for you as far as, you know, week to week. But the upside just is not Justin Fields. And I like upside. So I, I go with Justin Fields. We got another trade question here from Philip. Trade Cooper Cup, T. Higgins, and Evan Ingram for Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase, and Brandon Ayuk. Full PPR, Keeper League. First of all, just want to say, since this is a Keeper League, um, I, if, and you're trying to win a championship this year, I wouldn't worry about it being a Keeper League. Yeah, uh, I would just treat it as in like you're trying to win this year and not really worry about it. Um, but to get Diggs and Chase on the same team, that's like a championship winning move right there. Right. I understand yeah. the risk behind that. Like getting Cooper Cup is way, you know, less risky. Right. And Higgins, you know, he has some untapped potential that we haven't seen over the past couple of weeks without Chase. I'm taking this deal and, and I'm getting digs and chase. If I'm trying to win a championship, number one and number two, if I am like, if, if I'm already, if I already have a great record, right. Yeah. And I'm sitting at like seven and two and I, I, I can lose a couple of games if I have to, mm-hmm. you're still going to have digs. You're still going to have Ayuk. Even though Ayuk like a step down the next couple of weeks, yeah. he's a little bit of a sell to me as well, but I could easily have said a lot about Ayuk being a sell. I'm okay with this deal. Yeah, I'm okay with it because I'm looking at as Higgins hasn't done a whole lot to maybe like, yeah, he's like, you know, taking right over where Jamar Chase left off. He's not. He's had relatively quiet outings. But with Jamar Chase, you know, I, I look at usually you're swapping Higgins for Chase. You're swapping Cup for Diggs. I think you get both the best, the better end of both deals so far this season. The way Diggs has been playing with Josh Allen, you know, the offense is better in Buffalo. Cup is good, but, you know, he's been a little, he hasn't. He has the offense being bad working against him. And then Ayuk and Engram. Ayuk is a much better asset. Engram, I don't even think I'm not even considering Engram in this deal. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that it's the best, yeah, for the sure. best the best offer beside Diggs, Chase, and Ayuk. That's the better end of it. I think even with uh Josh Allen's elbow issue, I think Diggs can still come through for you. Right. It might not be yeah. as good, but you know, I think Josh Allen will still be fine. And yeah. and Diggs will still be fine. That's kind of that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Okay, great. All right, guys. Um, uh, we're gonna call it right here. We appreciate you guys. Uh, that that was the buy sell episode. I hope you guys when your questions answered and kind of make sense of like you know how we're feeling about these guys uh, moving forward. So we appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, if you could you know subscribe and you know follow the podcast on your whatever app you listen to, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Spotify, wherever we. We will see you guys tomorrow. We'll be back for uh, our running back starts, uh, you know, our running back rankings tomorrow, quarterback rankings tomorrow. Uh, And yeah, we'll see you there at 9 a.m. Eastern time. See you later. Bye-bye.